It is 7.45 on a Saturday morning. Time for a wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi, Denny. How are you this morning? I am doing well. I hope you are doing the same. It's uh, it's 30 now, but uh, I think we'll be thinking about some warm-up kind of food here throughout the rest of this week. Why not? Why not? That's a good thought. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's always a good thought in my mind. So. Indeed. Yeah. What are we going to chat about today? Well, you know, today I thought we'd talk about something I haven't talked about in years, and that is... Beaujolais. Beaujolais is kind of an interesting wine. In about 12 days, I guess, the Nouveau will be here on the 21st of the month. And that's always an exciting thing. Nouveau Beaujolais is uh, kind of the uh, future, if you will, of the vintage. You get to taste the vintage in the year it's made. And it's not to be taken too seriously. It's a quaffing wine, not a sipping wine. It's meant to be relaxed and enjoyed uh, rather than sipped and analyzed. So, uh, I, But there's more to Beaujolais than Nouveau Beaujolais. Nouveau Beaujolais was a phenomenal phenomena. Uh, we went from, I'll never forget buying the first Nouveau we bought. We bought, I think, 55 cases or something. It was called an igloo. And we flew it from uh, Lyon, France, to Minneapolis, and I sweated bullets whether or not we'd sell that 50-some cases of Nouveau Beaujolais. Nobody ever heard of it, etc. And this is back in 1972, so it's a long, long time ago. But anyhow, we got up to the point where we were selling about 5,000, 4,000 to 5,000 cases of Nouveau when it came in. We're back down to selling less, but we still sell four or 500 or uh, so cases of Nouveau Beaujolais. So there is a, definitely a place for it. It's a fun wine, etc. But we're going to talk about today Beaujolais as the wine. I remember one wag told me Beaujolais is really a white wine. The only problem is it's colored red. Well, there's some degree of truth to that. Uh, it's highly acidic, like most white wines. It should be served chilled, like most white wines. And it's very unassuming, like a lot of white wines are. And so I think Beaujolais is a very interesting area uh, that should be given some consideration. And, you know, we kind of glaze over it. Uh, people, again, because of that Nouveau phenomenon, oh, I've had that, I don't care for it. They, they had Nouveau Beaujolais. They've never had real Beaujolais. It has a very noble history, the area. It was founded by the Romans a long time ago, and uh, they were followed by the Benedictine monks, all doing a lot of cultivation in this area. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about this later on, but the Romans called this area Bruyus, and uh, it was on the hillside of Mount Bruy today. And we'll talk about the Appalachian Bruy a little bit later as we get into this uh, Beaujolais stuff. But uh, Beaujolais is an enormous area. It's bigger than all of Chablis and most of the uh, northern Cote de Nuit together. I mean, it's a huge area. There's about 50,000 acres under vine alone in this 35, 38-mile stretch of land uh, just outside of Lyon in France. The principal grape type there is the Gamay. And Gamay is a thin-skinned, big grape that uh, obviously matures very quickly. Nouveau Beaujolais is put together in about four or five 
at the most six days. So you know, the, the grape type is very important. And Gamay is a thin-skinned, big grape and delivers a very fruity, forward uh, taste. The interesting thing about the Gamay is it was by Philip the Bold, one of the early dukes of Burgundy. It was banned in Burgundy because it produced too much juice. And, and as opposed to Pinot Noir, which is the principal red grape type of Burgundy, which doesn't produce very much juice because it's got small berries and small clusters. But anyhow, the Gamay was very productive and was banned up in Burgundy, but it flourished down in Beaujolais. And Gamay is one of those grape types that really hasn't flourished around the world like a lot of them. You know, Malbec went around the world, Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay. Every country in the world produces those wines. Not every country produces Gamay. And it's interesting because the Gamay from Beaujolais, the area of Beaujolais, is very, very delicious wine that we tend to overlook. You know, there have been some scandals involved in that, and the biggest name, in uh, Beaujolais is George de Boeuf. George de Boeuf was a negociant that jumped in both feet in the Nouveau Beaujolais uh, phenomenon, if you will. And he, at one time, was selling over a million cases of Nouveau Beaujolais around the world. Very, very big, very powerful negociant in Beaujolais. Well, as the Nouveau has diminished, he switched into producing wines from the crews of Beaujolais. And the Cruz Beaujolais it comes in a couple different types. There's simple Beaujolais, then there's Beaujolais Village, which usually has an extra degree of alcohol in it, and then there's the Cruz of Beaujolais. And the Cruz of Beaujolais are named after the communes. My favorite is, well, besides Bruy, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, is Moulin Avant. Moulin Avant is the biggest of all the Beaujolais. And my favorite story about Moulin Avant is I found an old bottle of it once. Uh, it was probably 15, 18 years old. And by golly, it you wouldn't know that it wasn't a fine burgundy. It, it's just how well it aged. And most Beaujolais do not age very well. Actually, Nouveau should be consumed within a year of its manufacture. Uh, Beaujolais Village and Beaujolais uh, Cour Beaujolais, Cru Beaujolais, uh, should be finished in, within two, three years. Uh, and then the, these crews can last a long time. And the different crews are, of course, Bruy, which I said we'd talk about in a bit, uh, Renier, Chirobles, Cote de Bruy, Chanas, Sanamour, Fleury, Julianus, Morgon, and as I just said, Moulin-Avant. Moulin-Avant takes its name from a giant windmill, that's what it means, uh, that's in the area. And these crews of Beaujolais are a step above just rate Beaujolais. And they, for the most part, should be drunk when they're five or six years old. And some of them, as I said, in that Moulin Avant can even go to 10 or 15 years. So these Appalachians or, or Appalachians or crews of Beaujolais are kind of important to keep in mind. And my only reason for mentioning all this about Beaujolais is Beaujolais, in my opinion, has become one of the most overlooked wines in the entire wine world. It's very, very easy to pair food with Beaujolais. I think uh, roast chicken just cries for Beaujolais for the most part. And the best thing about Beaujolais is it's very affordable. You can buy a very good 
straight Beaujolais or Beaujolais Village for usually around $10 a bottle. And believe me, you get $10 worth of pleasure out of a Negociant's Beaujolais, you know, and there's many in that area. Uh, all of the big houses in Burgundy have uh, Beaujolais. The biggest, of course, is Latour. They've got one in Moulin Avant, which as I said earlier is the windmill area, and they also have a couple of uh, lesser Appalachians. But and and you can buy straight Latour uh, Beaujolais. You can buy Drouin Beaujolais. You can buy Bouchard Beaujolais. You can buy Montmasson Beaujolais. These are all fairly large negociant houses uh, that really do uh, produce some uh, very nice. Beaujolais, again, that are very affordable, just straight Beaujolais. Uh, you can, for about, say your limit is $15, you can get a wonderful, wonderful bottle of Beaujolais for $15 and under. And I, I omitted Jado. Uh, that's another good one uh, for these Beaujolais. Uh, the wine should really be served about 60, 61 degrees. As I said, a lot of that wag once said, Beaujolais is a white wine that just happens to be red. There's some truth to that. But there, Beaujolais, as I said, goes perfectly, in my opinion, with uh, poultry. In Norway, uh, they wouldn't have cod dinner without having Beaujolais. They just love Beaujolais with cod. That wouldn't be my first choice, but it's very interesting. And uh, one of my favorite things in Beaujolais is something that's kind of simple. It's a summer treat. You take a bowl of sliced peaches, top it up with some blueberries, and then pour in a bottle of chilled Beaujolais. Let it sit for a little bit and have that by itself for dessert. It's really uh, quite a treat and just simple. It's peaches, blueberries, and Beaujolais wine. Uh, if you want, you can add a little sugar to it, but I never do that because the Beaujolais is soft and sweet enough and complements uh, that fruit just beautifully. I said I was going to mention one other thing. I had the other night, well, that's what really inspired me to talk about Beaujolais today, uh, uh, Chateau Pierreau, P-I-E-R-R-E-A-U. And it's a brewery from 2011, so it's eight years old. It was a mind-bending experience. The, the brewery was so good. I, I just had to pinch myself to realize I was drinking a, a little, uh, simple uh, brewery. And that's, as we said a little while ago, that's the cruise of Beaujolais, our brewery, Renier, Moulin, Avant, etc. This brewery is Chateau Bottle, the summer home of the Boisse family, the big Burgundian negociant. And I'm telling you, if you ever want to have a really sophisticated Beaujolais, look no further than this one. And uh, the best part about it is it's on sale, and it's on sale for uh, around $12, $13 a bottle. That's unbelievable for an estate bottle brewery. And this one really takes the cake. It's a real winner. If you haven't had a Beaujolais in a long time and you're looking for a wonderful wine experience, look no further than this brewery. It's the reserve of the Chateau. It's an incredibly good red wine. And I encourage anybody, if you haven't had a Beaujolais in the recent past, why not try it? It's wonderful. And I know exactly where you can get it. Stop in at any one of the Haskell's locations. Those are good folks. Glad to help you out find exactly what Jack is talking about. 
Yes, indeed. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They love to pair wine with the perfect dish. And best of all, they're going to help you pick a wine that will not break the bank. There's a Haskell's near you, Bloomington, Excelsior, Faribault, the super seller up in Maple Grove. Downtown Minneapolis has free parking on both Saturday and Sunday at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell, go to Haskell's.com. And by the by, don't forget, we have coming up at Haskell's our very important wine tasting on November 16th out at the Lafayette Club. There's still some tickets available for that. It is remarkable. No, hundreds of wine, none under uh, $20 a bottle, so it's a worthwhile experience. There'll be food, there's valet parking. It's at the Lafayette Club, which is a beautiful site on the shores of Lake Minnetonka, and it's Haskell's big wine tasting. This is something you won't want to miss on Again, November 16th. Okay, that's the 16th, and uh, folks are going into any one of the Haskell locations. If they want to find out, they'll, they'll, they'll know all that information. They know there. all about it. Just stop in or go to Haskell's.com, and you can sign up for this wonderful wine tasting. All right, very good, Jack. Let's talk again uh, next week if you have the time. Not only do I have the time, I'm going to call you from Bone, France. Oh, excellent. All right, oh, that's always fun. I'll give fun. you a report. All right, good <laughs> deal. Uh, safe travels, uh, bon voyage. Thank you, my friend. All right, bye-bye. Jack Farrell will be uh, uh, calling from France next week, as he told us, with more wine chat here on News Talk 830 WCCO.